0: <laughs> hey, that radio show, man, they everywhere. another episode That Radio Show. I'm your host Andreas, and we have another interview for y'all being brought via Zoom. We have Colin Sandberg, who's a multi-business owner and founder of Fin Elevate. Met him um, through the Pod Match uh, services that I've been doing. So, anybody out there, if y'all want to, just hit me up, and I'll send a link over that. But uh, Colin, I thought your uh, story is fascinating. <laughs> one, you know, business minded as well, um, and the fact that you know you lead your business uh, with MBAs instead of the traditional uh, CPAs. And there was something that you had, uh, what was it, that you had a uh, Padena saw that I thought was uh, important as well. Oh, you're talking about uh, you struggle to add value through the accounting function of your own business, and you tried every way to complete the work doing the 1099s, the employees, small firms, and big firms. You kept coming back to the realization that typical accounting is a necessity, but adds no value to the business. That's a bold statement right there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, Kyle, go ahead and, you know, give us some uh, more background for the audience and stuff and then give uh, let us know, you know, at what point, you know, what I'm saying, did you arrive to where, you know, realization I want to open my own business and do it in the manner that you did?
1: Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, so, you know, my story is, is basically that when I was in my early 20s, I went to work for a, a small business. I had uh, set the goal at that point that I wanted to own my own company. Um, and so I just went to work for the person nearest me who already had a business. And, you know, I got in and, and like happens in a lot of businesses, pretty soon, you're pretty consumed, you are wearing a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was the, the financial part of that business was not working. And, you know, I was a kid, I didn't know anything, but, you know, it's, it doesn't take a genius to know that something's not working when it comes to money. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> as I started to, you know, become more valuable within the company, I was asked to jump in and take over the financial side of the business, even though I didn't have an MBA at that time. I didn't have a lot of experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of figuring out as I go. And so that was, you know, where I developed my passion for solving these kind of problems was, mm-hmm really just, I had to solve one problem at a time, um, that we were facing and we were facing
2: mm-hmm.
1: all the problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, it took a lot of effort to, to work through that in a lot of time, but as I came out the other side, I really, you know, have that deep appreciation for, you know, getting the money side of your business, right. So that you can take care of your customers. So you can sell the product that you're passionate about, you know, that's that to me, um is is what it's all about and unfortunately the way most people go about accounting whether you're a cpa bookkeeper or somebody's doing it in-house you know the reality is they're just recording the transactions they're just getting the bank statement organized you know doing the credit cards uh -hmm. that's not going to ever tell you what to do and that's not going to ever help improve your business and so i think that's where everybody typically gets it wrong Mm
0: -hmm. So uh, I imagine uh, your process is more of like look, looking at that information and understanding what that data really means to the business. Correct. Um Knowing that you're uh like, so I've done situations where I've helped like small business owners, Uh, I could say in particular, I remember a guy, he had a T-shirt business. And I went through and we went all the way down to the square inch of the vinyl. Um, Yeah. So it was very detailed uh, glitter as well, all that stuff. How many he can get out of using that particular uh, product to, you know, resell for the designs and all that stuff. Within two months, he was able to go from his house to an actual physical location. Um, and he was profitable because one, his his numbers were just low. I'm like, I'm like dude, I'm telling him, you're not making any money <laughs> doing this whatsoever. So I imagine yours is, uh, your process is uh, similar to that. Um, So with doing it, you know, what made you want to like, you know, really do it yourself? And because you saw a need for it. um, But then, you know, working for, you know, the family business and then, you know, doing your own is a little different because, you know, once you do your own, you set yourself on this path where, you know, you have to build the infrastructure, you have to build their awareness, you know, you have to do all these other hats that you normally didn't typically do.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, yeah, my first business uh, was originally a family business. I ended up taking it over, um, ran that for 13 years as CEO. I bought it over uh, three different transactions to ultimately own it. Still own it to this day, 22 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a manufacturing company. It's a project based uh, business, which is a really hard business model to do. Um, And so, yeah, as I made other investments, you know, in a cabinet business, uh, in an industrial door business, I, I got a little more kind of chops for what, what you're looking for and what it really takes. Mm-hmm. And then to your point, you know, I just, I've always loved like uh, working with other entrepreneurs, uh, mastermind groups, group coaching type sessions. You know, those are, those are places where I've met a lot of peers and, and friends. And, and I always just was kind of that financial guy in that world. Mm-hmm. just kind of how my mind saw business. And so what really changed for me was during COVID, uh, you know, the PPP was coming out, and that was mm-hmm. a big pipeline for businesses. And it and and you know, that really sustained businesses for a year or two.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it was coming out if you recall those times. It like not a lot of information, gotta go through a bank. Mm-hmm. You know, we're hearing conflicting stuff every time you look on the news or something different about how it's gonna work. And so I just remember a lot of entrepreneurs coming to me and asking my advice and opinion on what it was going to look like and what I was doing. And it kind of planted this seed for me that like, hey, I could I could do this. I could build a company that actually specialized in helping with things like this. Uh, and so that was kind of the beginning of what ultimately became FinElevate. Uh, my firm was exactly like you said, like I've got to get in the weeds to help people. Mm-hmm. You can't just throw a couple ideas at somebody or say, I go read a book to a non-financial person
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and expect that they're going to suddenly have this epiphany and be a financial person. That just doesn't, it
0: doesn't work. Yeah, definitely understand that. So in doing that, um, I'm sure you put your, you know, your uh, potential clients through like a process. How, um, open are they to that process? And do you get a lot, a lot of resentment or not resentment, but, um, a lot of pushback um, because, you know, sometimes depending on how long the person has been running the business or they've been involved with it, even though they know they're experiencing hard times, sometimes it's hard for them to like, you know, turn that off or that ego off and to actually listen.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm I'm a big believer in like, you know, EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in things like Strategic Coach. So usually, you know, from my experience, that's the first kind of place that uh, feeling that entrepreneurs bump up against is this belief that I have to be everything. Like I have to be the expert. Uh, I only hire people who don't who don't know as much as me in some area of the business. And once you break through that, I think, you know, business owners start to realize like, hey, I, I've got to get the right help to go where I'm going to go, right? Mm-hmm. The no one's uh, success story. I don't care if you're talking about a famous person or just a person off the tree. No one's success story said, you know, I kept doing it the same way over and over again working on it by myself and eventually broke through. It's like, well, yeah. I met this person or I read this book or I, I you mm-hmm. know, there's always those breakthroughs come from outside influence. And so yeah, I just encourage, you know, business owners to to be real about that. Like it's okay. You're not going to be an expert at ops and sales and finance, you know, and light the world on fire with your management. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you need people who are willing to admit what their what their limitations are and Mm -hmm. say like hey it's not just that i'm not great at it i don't even like it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: we can work with that but you know to your point what we can't do and and you know this from helping people you cannot help someone who won't admit that they've got problems yeah so you know that that's really the first step is just saying hey i I i don't like this stuff or i'm not good at this stuff and a lot of people i see you know they're successful maybe they're growing they're starting to hit you know upper six they're in the seven figures all of a sudden, they're like, man, I never did learn about this stuff. And now they start having a little bit of insecurity around, like, well, I don't want my team to know that I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't want, mm-hmm. you know, so you just got to get past that that ego and and just, you know, rip off that Band-Aid, man, and own it. Like, who cares? You know, we, we can always uh, learn and get better.
0: I see you have a lot of books behind you, and I love this. How often do you get to read
1: Man, I'm, so I'm a big audio guy as well. So if you can see my audio library is probably bigger than this one. Um, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big like, because I, I love, what I love about audio is the efficiency of being able to listen to it, you know, one and a half mm-hmm. times, two times. I call, you go two and above, it starts to sound like chipmunks. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, like I'm always, I'm seeking, I'm looking for the the really good nuggets of information. And so for it, to me, that's my number one passion, believe it or not, is like, I'm I'm obsessed with the idea of, I've got to go to bed smarter than I woke up and it doesn't matter how many other losses I take in other areas, Mm. I'm going to win in the end is kind of my, my mantra.
0: So how do you like being looked upon as like the visionary then for, you know, the firm and stuff like that and knowing that, you know, you have your strong suits, then, you know, you also have things that you're probably not as good as well. Um, have you gotten in your, like your way a little bit, or have you been able to take your own advice? Hey, always. I mean,
1: I, I'm a big believer, like I got to screw it up the first time to be able to figure out how to get it right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of an oddball in that, you know, in my early businesses, I was more of the integrator style mm-hmm. because the businesses didn't need a lot of vision. They needed execution. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I still am a believer execution wins in the end. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that as we get into more creative pursuits or we're trying to do a startup or we're trying to change an industry a little bit like that requires you to be a little more visionary. And so as I've learned more in my career, I get more and more visionary, the more I learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely have to listen to my own advice. Uh, when I started Elevate, the very first thing I did, I mean, I literally wrote what uh, what's called a vivid vision. So it's a, mm-hmm. a three to five page document, if you, if you maybe heard of that, just basically paint the picture. Like what does this future version look like in three to five years? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I did was go hire a director of operations. Mm-hmm. and and Rachel, and, and the minute I found Rachel, I was like, all right, here's the deal. I'm a little crazy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to be all over, you know, I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to call you up out of nowhere. And I'm going to be talking about something that, you know, is just when the, when, when it hits, right. You got to kind of mm-hmm. ride that wave as a visionary, mm-hmm. but you need someone on the team. You need that stability of people being able to say like, Hey, that's great, but it's still Tuesday. We're still gonna make the, sure the trains run on time. We're still <laughs> the the I love it. You gotta have both, man. You gotta have both.
0: <laughs> so, what's the uh, biggest lesson you've learned thus far? Then, and you know, working a startup versus already going into a situation where it's already established.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. So, I've done established businesses. I've done a turn, you know, a couple turnarounds, and and uh, I would say with a startup. It's really about, you know, not, you're not locked into any of that old thinking. Mm-hmm. The flip side, and so I'm a big believer of like, you know, the flip side. So your, your greatest strengths, also your greatest weakness, right? It's like mm-hmm. always two sides of the coin. So on the one hand, it's amazing. It's so freeing to not be locked into like, well, here's how we've always done it and all that kind of thing. The problem is the world is full of opportunities. You know, there's mm-hmm. a million different little uh, squirrels you could chase, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's really about like, there's a time for vision and a time for thinking big, and there's a time to get locked in and go get it done. Mm-hmm. So That's been the biggest, you know, I, I feel like so much of the locked in is already in place in most companies mm-hmm. once they've been running for a while. So that's, that takes a little effort to kind of, you know, be it's because obviously the dreaming, the strategy, all that's the fun part.
2: Like, mm-hmm.
1: Most of those who love business, like that's, that's, you know, man, that's, that's the playground. But mm-hmm. I got to get over here and get to work, you know, I got to put the hard hat on and go over here and get some work done.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: Learning how to balance that in a new environment is a little tough.
0: Yeah. So what's your approach to balancing then? Because I imagine, you know, with that, you know, because business, uh, I, I tell people who are uh, going to start a business or have ambitions at the starting business. That's like, you know, raising a child, <laughs> What you put into it, what you're going to get out of it. But it's going to take a lot of energy and effort and stuff. So with uh, the where you are in your life right now, how do you balance all that? Because you know you got the wife, you've got the kids. You know you want to make sure that everything is getting its proper attention, but also you know that the business needs its proper attention as well.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and I don't know that any of us ever quote figure that out. Mm-hmm. It's like man, every day, every week. You know, I'm sitting here right now. We're having this conversation late 2023. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about 2024. Like, how do I? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I, uh, reshuffle the deck for me? I'm a huge believer in the, in the family component. Like, I think you have to be a good, a good, well-rounded human to mm-hmm. be able to run a good, well-rounded business. And so for me, I'm always going to prioritize like, all right, what are the little upgrades? So like now I take my kids to school every day mm-hmm. uh, with my wife, you know, we do that as a family and, you know, it definitely costs me a little time. I Sometimes I get up, you know, get, get to work on the laptop in the morning before we take the kids to school
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: you know the demands are are high right especially Mm -hmm. i still own multiple businesses and i'm doing this startup it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. but you know to me they're like my kids that'll change their perception of their whole childhood you know Mm -hmm. like that's something my parents never had the luxury of doing with me and so like i want to show them like that's the example i want to be for them Mm -hmm. and you know and and what i've learned is it ends up being you know there is never it's kind of like we say with time right you don't Find time, you make time, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's really about understanding what are those priorities, what am I going to focus on, and and always looking like, hey, there's always a little bit better way. Mm-hmm. I may I may lose today, I may screw up today, I might struggle. I'm gonna be better tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Keep rolling like that.
0: Yeah. So uh, with your experience in everything you've done so far, have you? Uh, had the opportunity to uh, where it came back full circle, where you inspired someone and they went out there and they chased their dreams. I have, man. In
1: fact, my, uh, you know, I worked a lot with uh, my former executive assistant, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she came and, you know, I always joke with her. She was a kid. I was like another, like her, uh, her, her dad here in Texas. She's mm-hmm. from California, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, she she grew up. She she came and sat down one day and. You know, we had a hard conversation. She was leaving. She was going to go, you know, chase this other dream, work in a, a family business uh, for her husband's family. She felt like it was the right thing to do for them and, and take care mm-hmm. of her her family and her future. I was bummed, you know. I didn't want didn't want to see mm-hmm. her go, but at the same yeah. time, you know, you have that proud feeling, right? It's just like yeah. I hope I have that with my kids one day. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't want them to leave. Yeah, but that day is going to come where I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to stay strong and get them out the door, and then mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come. Uh, Crying the pillow later if I need to.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, th- that's the best <laughs> feeling, man. There's nothing like, you know, being involved with somebody like that, knowing that you, you know, had a little bit of influence on their life mm-hmm. and then checking back in with them, staying in touch with them and hearing, you know, because th- now she's got to go through her whole own set of struggles. Mm-hmm. Like she always heard about mine. Now mm-hmm. she's out doing it. And mm-hmm. she calls me like, what is this? You didn't tell me about this part. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I bet you do that's As we're right. going through it, and you know, we establish stuff. I'm like, we forget about some of the things, but then also, it's hard for us to like just bring them up all the time. We yep. just know that we went through it, we persevered. You know, we was able to come out on the other end. Um, we don't think about that until something similar pops up. So if nothing similar popped up, then, you know, you wouldn't be thinking about it. That's right. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: I love it. So, what do uh? since you know you get to play the head role and everything what do you love about that role and then what would you change about that role
1: uh just about being a ceo or mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah about being a ceo
1: you know so i would say that um what i love about it is that i get to paint the picture you know mm-hmm. that that's man that's my passion like i love it it's what i do is what i think about you know to me that's a 365 day a year thing um, i'll be sitting there on christmas day after i drink my coffee and the kids open mm-hmm. all their presents and they're off entertaining themselves my mind's still in business it's just how mm-hmm. my homework um i love that part um you know the part that's not my favorite is is it's a little tough to feel like you know you can't be in every place at once right
2: mm-hmm.
1: and feeling like especially if i'm prioritizing things so i i hired you know my director of ops because i i wanted somebody dedicated to the team she loves that. That's her passion. It's not really my uh, expertise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I love, you know, I love the team, but it's not like being in the weeds of, of helping them. But mm-hmm. then you feel like, you know, sometimes it can hurt that you're like uh, feel it could feel like you're prioritizing something above the people on your team. But the reality is, somebody's got to be out there trying to push. Somebody's got to be out there, you know, trying to sell, trying to trying to come up with the big visions, so, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the inability to be in more more than one place at a time is is sometimes tough.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely get that feeling because, like yourself, I have multiple things going on, multiple entities, and it's just hard splitting your time and knowing that you know you can do this, you can do that, or whatever. And, you know, like I said, a balanced approach, and then especially having kids and stuff like that. So, I definitely understand that. Um, what what are some? Because I'm sure you run into a lot of uh, aspiring entrepreneurs. You know, given the fact that you know you're on this path, what are some of the uh, the uh, myths or the uh, things that they are not gravitating towards, or you know, something that they think? You know, because we have the shows like Shark Tank, and you yep. know, uh, and they like to like glorify. To me, they like to glorify that stuff. But like I, I did a series because I, uh, I produce content as well, so I have this show that I shot called "The Ugly Side of Entrepreneurship," and wow. that's why I came up with it because I want to get into the actual ugly side of entrepreneurship, things that people don't talk about. So, with the people that you run into, what are some of the things that they're mentioning or that you know, you know, what I'm saying, you know, needs to be fixed their misconceptions.
1: No, I, man, I think uh, what you just said Andres, is powerful. Like Mm -hmm. the, the idea, and I think I saw this probably 10 or 15 years ago. I used to love like ink magazine. It was like Mm -hmm. a little more gritty. It was more about like what it really takes to run a company. And at some point along the way, and I, and I, I have a love hate relationship with Shark Tank Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way, this kind of mythical version of like, number one, that selling part of your company solves all your problems. Like, man, Mm -hmm. No, you now he actually you invited a shark. bigger problem. <laughs> yeah, you don't think that shark's leaving the tank just because you walked out of there with a deal. Now the shark's living in your business, right? And the mm-hmm. demands on you, the expectations are going to change dramatically. And just because you got a deal doesn't mean you leveled up. And mm-hmm. it takes time. It takes time to develop. So I, I kind of have a love hate with that because, like you said, I think it's kind of created this idyllic version of running a company. And then of course, you know, the social media impact on everything in this world is, mm-hmm. you know, the flackiness. The, the, it's like the yacht and the car and the, it's like, man, that's not what running a business. Like you said, it's the ugly side.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
1: biggest winners are the people who don't shy away from the ugly side. They dive in, mm-hmm. they go, you know, they go all in on the ugly side and they don't care about credit. They don't care about, you know, looking good in the short term. They know like, Hey, I'm investing in myself. And so, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. And then, it, you know, if we're just talking about like a tip that I tell people it's, you know, I think it's true once you own a business, but it's certainly true if you're still looking at business, the reality is if your goal is wealth in this life and wealth is not, you know, as we, we've heard wealth, not measured in times of money, mm-hmm. it's measured in time. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If you want mm-hmm. wealth in your time, which most of the, mostly comes from having some amount of means outside, you know, in terms of money, Mm -hmm. you have to get out of the rat race of selling your time for money, Mm -hmm. period. So what, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, if you're in an hourly job, you got to figure out how to pivot to a salary job, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're now being paid. If you're in a salary job, can you get on a commission job? Can you be doing something which you're paid for results? Because Mm -hmm. the most well-compensated people in the world are paid by results, right? Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, even in a business, like looking at your business model, you know, I don't want to see a business model where you're selling. Hey, if I do this for you for an hour, you're going to give me X dollars. Like even lawyers, lawyers can get paid a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a job, you know, they can't sell that because you can't sell your own time more than once. Mm -hmm. So I love that idea. You know, we're starting to see that a lot with kind of modern business models and people looking at content and things like that. But, you know, don't, don't take the easy route. Go get in the weeds, figure out, go grind and figure out what it's really going to take. But mm-hmm. kind of work your way up that chain of, of, of what you're really selling. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you want to own intellectual property, mm-hmm. ideas, um, you know, assets that you mm-hmm. can then make money for. Not mm-hmm. like I work an hour, I get paid an hour.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I, I'm I'm right there with you with that. Um, so then this, uh, your philosophy um, in business, then, I like to tell people I have a high uh, business ethics, high business morals. Just because something is legal doesn't mean I necessarily do it, right? Yep. How do, how do you fall within that uh, spectrum? Oh, I agree. I
1: agree. So my, my wife is a social worker. OK, mm-hmm. so, I, you know, it just it, this is kind of the the world I married into is mm-hmm. not we always kind of joke, you know, she's a social worker. I'm just like this business guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's really helped, uh, you know, mold me and, and change me and get me to see life. And, you know, I've always been I tried to be an empathetic person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so to your point, like they're a business model. There's a lot of ways in this world to make a buck. But I got to be able to sleep at night. I got to be able to be proud. I got to be able to have my kids. You know, they're not going to love you know, giving people uh, financial help in a business that may not be a passion of theirs. They might not think that's cool per se, but mm-hmm. they're not going to be ashamed of it. They're not going to mm-hmm. look at me and just think, you know, like, oh, man, dad would do anything. Yeah. To make
0: a problem. Yeah. Like he screws my duck or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's swimming in the money, but you ain't got nobody you know, yeah, around but... you to enjoy it. So, yeah, I definitely yep. get that. Um If you could change one thing about just uh, business overall. Um, the industry of business, uh, whether it be like entry points, you know, people being able to have access, anybody being able to have access to capital, things of that nature. What would you change?
1: And that's a great question. I think um, I would change people's access to, to education around. Okay. There. And I think the hard part, you know, you can see, like you were talking, I got, I got a lot of books behind me the more you get into the game of education, the easier it is to kind of figure out what lane things belong in. Mm -hmm. But if you're getting started, you know, it could be really overwhelming to just, and and you hop on YouTube, everything's flashy in your face and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of overproduced, overhyped commercials basically. Mm -hmm. And so for somebody who doesn't have that basis of knowledge yet, that's really overwhelming. And so I just honestly, as a, as a country, something I wish we'd do not just for entrepreneurship, but, it, but you know, across all, all trades. Mm-hmm. Like, we've never had a more, you know, accessible way to provide people with information and education. And so mm-hmm. it's a shame that it's getting kind of used to make money instead of uh, build people up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. Well, Colin, it, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. You
2: know,
0: so <laughs> I love having conversations like these, but for everybody out there, if anybody's looking to, you know, consult and get more information, things of that nature, all the different services y'all can provide them, wherever they need to go.
1: Yeah, so the easiest thing is either look me up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm assuming you'll put that in in show mm-hmm. notes and that sort of thing. Look me up on LinkedIn, man. I, I look. I'm here to help. I love other other entrepreneurs. You know, this is definitely a new business that I'm I've, I've launched and that you know we're rolling with. But if somebody wants advice, like I'm, I'm kind of putting this out there. We call it the deep dive 45. like I'll spend 45 minutes with you. I promise you no pitch. I'm not trying to sell you anything on that call. It is not about trying to get you on that call so I can start mm-hmm. you know asking you all these you know buying signal questions. Mm-hmm. None of that nonsense. It's 45 minutes. the best thing I can throw you in terms of advice in terms of of uh, help for your business. And whether you think you want to work with me or not, that's if that's valuable, take me up on it. Because as I'm doing that, I'm just trying to put good karma out in the world. I know enough mm-hmm. opportunities and deals to come back. You know, it doesn't have to be from every person I talk to. And I love young entrepreneurs who are hungry, ambitious. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they know what they want. They just don't know how to get it yet. Like, man, that's that's, mm-hmm. oh, that's prime. That's that's beautiful. So I'm all yeah. about helping people in any way I can.
0: That's, that's so tough. I love it. Um, have you been able to, like, mentor yet? Really have that mentor-mentee relationship?
1: Oh, I have, man. And I love it. There's nothing better. You know, that, that was, so I I mentioned masterminds. Like that was, that was a big part of how I got where I am in my career was when I was in my early to mid twenties. Masterminds Mm -hmm. weren't as well-known as they are now. This good, you know, nearly 20 years ago. And I I started down this path, got into a mastermind group and I walk into like, man, I'm in my early twenties. Everybody's twice my age, if not older. Mm -hmm. And I just started going up to them. And the minute they saw that I was ambitious, that I was hungry, that, mm-hmm. but I was willing to work hard and do it the right way. And I was just a sponge, man. They mm-hmm. keep me tough of trying yeah. to help. Oh, yeah. and that I love that. I, I feel the same way. You know, the minute you meet somebody who's got it, doing it for the right reasons, they're not caught up on all the nonsense and mm-hmm. they're young and they just like, Hey, I don't know anything, but what can you help me with, man, what, what could be more fulfilling than being part mm-hmm. of that relationship? So yeah, I've, I've sought that out a lot and, and uh you know giving that taking that time to give that word to, to the future right
0: yeah i, I love it because i, I did the same thing i have a mentee that i've had since february and she has come a long way she's in her early 20s and she's even today she left today and um we have like a load of sessions in between her doing stuff um because she does a lot of video production stuff now and i love it she's seen the growth i'm excited for her i love it's like you know i'm just pouring into pouring into it pouring into her, and it's just it's just so fulfilling yeah that it's, it's like you know indescribable but Kyle thank you for your time uh definitely would love to you know have you back on you know in the future to see you know where you're at and you know how many more people lives have changed through business and everything else um everybody out there yeah make sure y'all go and uh look up the information I'll have it on the screen displayed for y'all but I, I really do appreciate it thank you Kyle
1: Yeah. Thanks, Andres, man. I had a blast. That was great.